Hello and welcome back to Second Take Movies, the podcast where we give movies a second chance, a second look, a second chance, a second take, if you will. I'm your host, Preston Jenkinson, and returning for a second time is Derek Stewart. <laughs> and you've seen the title of this podcast already. Wait, I haven't. What is it? It's... You, you throw me for a loop here. What's the title? <laughs> it's the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Oh, okay. And, you know, here we like to look at bad movies. I would probably take a bet that a good majority of the audience, as small as it is, would say the Lord of the Rings trilogy is one of the best franchises there is. But Derek, mm-hmm. who is one of the inspirations of this podcast... One of the first conversations we really had was about this trilogy, right? And I, so I can't say that they're bad movies, right? I can just say that I don't like them that much. Okay, that's I mean objectively, I have a question. They're good movies. Why do you want people to hate you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't want people to hate me. <laughs> Do you think it? Do you think they're that well loved though that somebody coming in saying I don't like them would actually be hated? Am no, I but I, I guess that was the reaction I had. <laughs> <laughs> but you hadn't read the books. Like, I, had, I had not. No, I so, didn't. like to preface this today. Derek is coming from. Th- this is not going to be a typical episode of this podcast because usually yeah. we go through a movie and we do and reviews and stuff and the summary and everything. So we're just kind of like. It's so kind of a comparison between the books and the movies, which I guess is something you're not really supposed to do, but you can't help but do. No, you're supposed to do that, right? I guess. Yeah. I, I Depending just, on who you are. I, I That's my life, is comparing books and movies, I yeah. feel like, because I'm an English person, and so, I, I, yeah, I see lots of movies that were books first, mm-hmm. and uh, and almost always complain about them, I guess. No, that's not true. Because I'm watching the Wheel of Time right now, and I yeah. really like the Wheel of Time series. That's a series, not a movie. I guess there's a I mean, difference. Same, same thing. I feel like though, like it's a live action adaptation of a. I feel like the the future of television right now, though, all the good stuff coming out mm-hmm. has all and all the and like I have seen in the past five years, way more good movie or excuse me, good television shows or streaming shows, right? Than. Oh yeah, movies. we're we're definitely in a golden age of television. Yeah, like streaming the amount of streaming services there are. And I think that's why I like the Wheel of Time is because in it can I mean it's longer. How many episodes is it at? It's at like five, six episodes yeah. now, and uh, it's it's got as much time doing two thirds of the first book as the Lord of the Rings had for one book. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, or nearly. So they can stretch it out and they can cover stuff, and mm-hmm. that's. But that's not really my complaint about the Lord of the Rings. So, um, the, and and to me, the reason we're doing and the reason we're doing all three movies in one episode is I've already done two series now where we the first time I did the um the Star Wars trilogy. Yeah. It was the first three episodes of this podcast, and I wanted to release three episodes right. all together. Oh, yeah, that's right. And that was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Doing three episodes in one night. Even Star Wars, yeah. And I've recently just gone through the Matrix trilogy. I did that one episode at a time. Though. Right. But that's still, it was a lot 
to me. Yeah, and I feel like you can cover just the same ground over and over. And I feel like this trilogy is, it is all one big story. It is. And it was yes. even um, practically meant to be one huge book, because but post-World War One there was a paper shortage. Oh, that's true. And Tolkien had to release it one book at a time. So he was... Right. That was his original intention, intention was to release this as one huge book. I'm glad he did. That would be a massive book. That would yeah. be too much. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a good trilogy. Yeah. Nothing at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and the movies... So so I'll go on record saying the movies are good movies. They are good movies, yes. So, yeah, we're breaking the podcast tradition yeah. or format by saying we're looking at bad... They're not bad movies. And also, it's my podcast. I do what I want. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. I want to talk about something I love for what changed. I don't. I don't want people to hate me though. I'm not coming out saying they're they're for, bad movies. For I'm the just... end of the year, I want to talk about something that I really <laughs> like. They are, and the movies. Yeah, I like the movies. I just watch the movies and go, ah, this could be so much better." Yeah. Um, because the story and and they this is the the problem with making a a movie from a series of books is the story is fantastic. Yeah. And the movies mess up some parts of a fantastic story. And I don't think you should get a pass just because, okay, Peter Jackson made these beautiful sweeping, uh, cinematographies and special effects. Like they're gorgeous, Mm -hmm. but just because you do that doesn't mean you get a pass for making Faramir a little bitch. Um, (laughs) so, like that's my that's one of my biggest complaints. Like, uh, I'm gonna be honest with with the audience. I have I just finished the first book this morning. That's right. When you get to the third book, okay, and you read about Faramir, and then you go and look at him in the movies, you're like, man, what happened? I, I trust Derek enough to 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 give me the knowledge of the books <laughs> of this episode. I mean, uh, him and and there's a couple of characters they do that with, and I don't know why. Like I could understand. I'm not like, uh, you know, there's some nerdy people, and I, I I'm a I'm a nerdy person. I'm a yeah. geeky person, and there's some people who are like, how dare you change anything? And I'm not like that. Like uh, when you're making a series of movies out of the books, fine, change all you want. You've got to. Yeah, if you're doing an adaptation, you deserve some creative license. Right. Like uh, so, in the movies, Peter Jackson makes it. Arwen, who ta- uh, the elf lady, who takes Frodo to Rivendell. Right. And in the books, it's just some random person you never hear from again named, like, Glorfindel or something oh, really? like that. It was, like, yeah, some See, elf guy. See, I need guy, to pay attention when I'm listening to books. It was some guy you'd never <laughs> really heard of who shows up. Yeah. And so that was, like, a really good change to make, I right. think. Introduce that character, give her some meaningful action. Because in the mm-hmm. books, Arwen is just kind of there to marry Aragorn, and that's all she does. Yeah. And, not much else. Um, so that was cool. Like, you know, uh, Liv Tyler gets some screen time. Yeah. Uh, I thought that the horse chase, though, like that was one of the places where I was watching that kind of going. Like, like they tried to make the horse chase in that scene look like a car chase, I feel like. Well, I mean, uh, there's only so much you can you can do with a chase scene. And yeah. The way they got that, you know, that open field in New Zealand with the, the sweeping yeah. shot. And it looks good. It does look good. Yeah. There were some parts I just thought that was... But, you know, that's me being... Yeah. That's not my complaint. But, <laughs> that's not my big complaint. Well, but basically, probably for this episode, we'll... Obviously, we're starting with The Fellowship, and then we'll uh-huh. we'll move on to the other movies. Right. 
positive changes, in my opinion, okay. from book to, t- to to movie, was the exclusion of Tom Bombadil. <laughs> I knew that. I have said that many a time. I had I had read the book before, but I listened right. to it again, and I was like, yeah, there's no point in this guy. There's no... In the in the audiobook that you listened to, did did the reader like sing Tom Bombadil's yeah, songs? Yeah, yeah. How was that? It was. I mean, I mean, because that's what I would have loved to see in the movie is whoever they get some actor to play Tom yeah. Bombadil. He just walks around singing the whole time. Uh, but who? My question probably is who is he and what is he? Because they did, they mentioned him at the Council of Yeah Elrond, but it was like. I I'm not sure if there's a definitive answer to that. It it takes somebody who knows okay. the Lord of the Rings better than I do. I think he's because they were they asked the question honor. like why wasn't he why isn't he here yeah. and then he I think Gandalf mentions that like he just went away or something. Yeah, he's kind of the good equivalent like in the lore mm-hmm. in the background the the same the Balrog mm-hmm. is a a character called a, a Maiar who's like a kind of like an angel yeah. or a sub-deity, and he's a bad one, the Balrog is. Yeah. And I think Tom Bombadil was a good one, and some of them are just kind of like that. Like, they're on Earth, but they don't care about it. Okay. And so he's like, you know, he's like, yeah, it's not going to bother me. if mm. You know, if, if the Earth gets taken over by Sauron, I'll just probably go somewhere else, or I'll just be fine here. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, he's a weird character. And and I knew, I remember thinking when I heard they were making the movies for the first time, I'm like, Tom Bobadil's not going to make the cut. cut. <laughs> hey, he's too weird. He's too much of a distraction. He doesn't play any other role than yeah. this minor point. Yeah. No, that was a good call. But <laughs> Get rid of Tom Bobadil. Also, I like they don't spend too much time with, because in the book it takes like seven, like I think it was like 17 years for Frodo to actually leave the Shire. That's right. When he gets the ring. Yeah. He sits around forever. Yeah, like in the movie, it's just like, here's the ring, let's go. Yeah. And the the first book is definitely, I think, the slowest paced book. Yes. Like, well, there's a lot to set up. Yeah, I mean, it's and the and the first movie, I think, is the best movie. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. I like I really like Return of the King. Return of the King might be better. The first movie, uh, I watched it. I remember watching it and walking out, going, "That was awesome." Yeah. Like I love the first movie. Um, and it's, I think, the most faithful to the books by a long shot. Yeah. Aside from leaving out Tom Bombadil. Yeah. Uh, so I remember watching it and thinking, and and the first book, the first movie, excuse me, does a fantastic job, like, like introducing the characters, um, and uh, the death of Boromir. Spoiler alert. We're spoiling. And see, everything. I was talking about that with you this morning. Yeah. When I was listening to it this morning, I don't remember him oh yeah and i meant to look that up is there like um, it's at the end somewhere i'm sure yeah <laughs> i think boromir does die because the first movie does end with boromir dying and sam and frodo leaving yeah because the beginning oh no no you're right he dies at the very beginning okay i was wondering is because like there was no mention of urukai at all yeah you're right he dies at the very beginning of the second book. Yeah, because I, I was wondering now. I, I kept waiting on it. I'm like, well, they're at that place where they're, you know, they've just left um, Lothlorien and then they're mm-hmm. they're on the, the side of that bank in the woods and, you know, Boromir's already threatened Frodo to try to get the ring. And yeah. So where's the... 
but apparently that that happens as yeah. soon as the next book starts. So that was a really good call to put that in the first movie. Yes. you get a battle at the end, and then because it is a, like a conclusion to that. Yeah, that that story of that was smart. We've got the ring. We've gotten to Rivendale. We've yeah. We've uh, formed the fellowship, and now we're off on our journey. Yeah. Uh, and that's the break. That's the end of the fellowship. Is when Boromir dies, and uh, Frodo and Sam go off one way, and yeah, and Pippin have been kidnapped, and um, so no, that was that was smart. Cause it, and it's interesting why it's called the Fellowship, and then it's immediately split up. Doesn't too. last very long. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. No, that's what. Again, that's. I, I think the the first book is one of the weakest books. Yeah, and the first movie is one of the best movies. Yeah. So, good job, Peter Jackson. But like you know, in in the grand scheme of this yeah. big huge story, it's the the setup to everything. Yeah, and it, it's a good setup. The, it's, like the first movie doesn't feel like. You know, like some of the like the Marvel movies, like the, mm-hmm. f- the first Captain America, or some of them feel like, oh, it's just a big, huge introduction. Here's this character. Yeah. And the first movie feels like actually adventure and stuff. Well, I mean, that's comic books. Like people just come out of nowhere all the time. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a lot of good in the first. Uh, the death of Boromir is, is just a fantastic scene. Like he like he has his fall where he goes after Frodo, and then yeah. he immediately has this redemption where he defends Merry and Pippin. Well, I mean, he's kind of he has the best arc in in the movie. To me, he has the best arc out of anybody. Yeah, I agree. Because he comes in real like selfish and brash and yeah he's like there will never be a return of the king or whatever and yeah then, yeah and then it, he turns into like this real because when he gets shot by the urukai like his first thing is they've taken the little ones they took pippin and mm-hmm. and mary yeah and i love that when aragorn comes down the hill to find him it's just orc bodies everywhere yeah <laughs> that's uh, like hugo uh, weaving took a beating in these movies which one is hugo hugo weaving is elrond i'm sorry um who plays vigo mortensen i knew it was somebody with a weird i I get those two mixed up he was not the first actor cast as aragon he wasn't no he didn't get the job until they had started filming Stuart townsend was originally cast as aragon but peter jackson like almost halfway filming the first movie was like you're not gonna work this isn't working you look too young (laughs) who's Stuart jackson Stuart townsend townsend what did i Stuart Um, townsend have you seen leave extraordinary gentlemen Uh, i don't remember any of the people he played he played dorian gray yeah i'm gonna have to look it up later yeah let me well it was a good call then to switch i mean viggo mortensen is yeah uh, he does a great job in that role. More like that's another really strong uh, point of the whole first movie, the whole series. Definitely the first movie, like it's well cast. I mean, that, that's him now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Peter Jackson's like, oh. Aragorn is this like he's this you know grizzled veteran kind yeah, of and- tough guy. You don't you don't need like some young like you know like I don't, I'm trying to think of a the the word for it some young yeah attractive guy to play uh aragorn yes yeah. that's that's um yeah no that was a good call and uh gandalf is uh who's the actor that plays gandalf in ian, ian mckellen ian mckellen right mm-hmm. yeah he's fantastic um uh, elijah wood does a good job as frodo what's his name does and a good job as sam just like i mentioned in my previous matrix videos this was part of the 
Sean Connery turned down tour because that's probably good. He was, he, he, and he, I think he, you know, to his credit, he turned down, you know, a lot of stuff that Ian McKellen took. He turned down Magneto. That's right. Turned down this, turned down the, uh, this is a good decision to turn down the architect in the matrix. But, uh, <laughs> I think he himself was like, I don't, what, I don't understand this. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I could. So, I mean, yeah, probably a good call, but. For some reason, everybody wanted in the early two thousands. Everybody wanted Sean Connery. I don't for, know why he got so popular. What was it that like kicked that off? I mean, for he him? was James Bond back in the sixties. Yeah, I mean there was a stretch there where, I mean he had just done the the Rock with Nicolas Cage. Yeah, and he was that was after he was in the uh, Indiana Jones too. Yes, right? yeah. I mean, so okay. that was the late eighties. But I mean, for some reason, when these big franchise movies started popping up in the early two thousands, they were like Sean Connery. Oh, dude, we need Sean Connery. He's the only old dude we know. <laughs> no, because Ian McKellen does a fantastic job yeah. as Gandalf. Like, uh, there's hardly any. Uh, I don't think there's any really like bad acting in these movies, right? No, I can't think of any time where I thought the acting was bad, or any time when I thought this, like yeah. the that was the 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 one of the greatest things about the movies is it takes the scenery and makes it real. All these mm-hmm. pictures you had in your mind from reading the books. Uh, and they did a great job they with that. They used the entire country of New Zealand. But even like the CGI stuff, like I love the scene when they're in the boats and they're going yeah. through between the two towers of the giant guys with their yeah. hands out. Like uh, that was just awesome looking. Um, and, and like in Moria, in the mines, like yeah, they can bring it all to that's, life. That's probably my favorite part of this movie. In the mines of Moria? Yeah. yeah. So basically the story of that is, is they were if we can rewind back to like the yeah. middle um, after they leave. Cause the, basically the first part of the movie is got the ring. We go to um, Bree, right? Try to meet Gandalf at the bar. Gandalf's not after bar because he was attacked by, uh, he went to go consult Saruman. Yeah. While is he imprisoned there for the, I mean, yeah. Cause they what? have that wizard duel and yeah, he gets put yeah. on the top of the tower and then he escapes with an eagle. Yeah. Which, you know, there's that famous complaint. Why didn't they just use the eagles to fly? <laughs> the eagles are Tolkien's uh, Dusex Machina. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime he needs to kind of get out of a tight spot. Yeah. Maybe the eagles will show up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not complaining about that, though, but it's kind of true. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, then they, so they get from Bree, they meet Strider, and they get finally to Rivendell. Yeah, and Frodo gets stabbed by the... Oh yeah, that. Oh, that's, that's another... how they. That's how they end up in Rivendell. That the design of the ringwraiths. The ringwraiths are awesome. Are great, and the fight on top of the the ruined tower mm. with and that's I, fantastic. I'm, I'm assuming, like with context clues, I'm assuming it's never really outright stated, but that's the original nine yes. men that got rings of power. Yes, that's not stated in the movie. No, not not. Yeah, I mean, it said they were you know form nine yeah. kings of whatever, but. Yeah, they yeah, and they they got the the nine rings for the men that turned them into the ring rings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, race of men doesn't get a good look in on these movies. No, and that's that's a lot of Peter Jackson's fiddling with it. Like he made men non heroic in yeah. his in his adaptation. Yeah, and that's what that's like. Fairmere in the books kicks butt. Gotcha, and. 
I'm, I'm jumping way ahead. We were trying to go through the minds of Moria. <laughs> yeah. We'll come back. Come we'll back. Come back go, you know. go to go to Faramir later. Yeah. Uh, so go on to the minds of Moria. That is a great part of the first movie. Yeah. Um, the Balrog is awesome. Yeah. Too. Like that that journey, but the horns. We get this theme that it's a uh, a conversation between Frodo and Gandalf. They see Gollum coming up, you know, following them. That's right. And Gandalf has this great thing about. I don't remember the exact word. No, it's uh, bravery is knowing when not to mm. kill someone, right? Or not to don't don't pass judgment immediately, you know. And you don't get that a lot in fantasy stuff. This that's idea true. of mercy. Yeah, that's true. And that follows the whole storyline because like, usually it's like a, a good and evil, and you need to just wipe yeah. this evil force out. And Gollum is obviously an evil force in this movie, but. Not by his own doing. Does he say the foreshadowing there? Is that where it occurs? Where he says, like, he may have some part to play yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. If, if they'd killed Gollum there, the, who knows Frodo would still have the ring. Yeah, he would have succeeded. He would have put the ring yeah. on, and, and that would have been the end of it. But, yeah, but from what I've kind of gathered, the Mines of Moria was created by, was built by one of the elves from The Hobbit. No, the dwarves. Dwarves, that's what it is. Dwalin? Yeah. He reopened it. That's what it was. So it existed before, and one of the dwarves from The and Hobbit went back to... After he got all that treasure from yeah, the Lonely Mountain. I think that's right. Yeah. To go back and say, I'm going to restart the mines of Moria. Because Gimli's dad was on that journey as well. Yeah. Who's Gimli's dad? Which one was he? Gloin? Gloin? Yeah. And Gloin was at the... In the book... Gloin is at the um, Council of Elrond when they're deciding what to do with the ring. Yeah, but not in the movie. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't remember that. Yeah. (laughs) And also, tangent, but... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Legolas was not in The Hobbit at all. That's what I hate about those movies. Wait, Legolas is in The Hobbit movies? Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. I see. I haven't watched the Hobbit movies. Oh boy! Because <laughs> you, if you don't like these, oh, I know. Not. That's I intentionally. Cause, Woo! Because <laughs> okay, I, I I love the Hobbit. Like it, I, it's a different genre than the yeah. Lord of the Rings, and I loved it. And when Peter Jackson, it's know, almost like a heist movie. Yeah, I I couldn't do it. I was like, I've I saw what he did with the Lord of the Rings, and those were okay, but I I wasn't happy with some parts. And then the Hobbit is arguably like top three of my favorite books of all time. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not going to go watch him skewer one of my, like... Well, he and, wasn't originally supposed to direct those movies, and it wasn't, oh, that's right. it wasn't meant to be a complete trilogy. Right. And then the studio execs were like, wait a minute, if we make three movies... Because they had Guillermo del Toro signed on. And he might have done a good job. If he'd have just had one movie... Guillermo del Toro did He would have knocked it out. He could have done it. But I think he eventually, like... Um, what did he do to get kicked off? They wanted him to do three movies, and he eventually came, like, and he said, "No." And said, "I'll do two. Yeah, I'll do two. And then they were like, "No, we really want three. And he's like, well, "I'm not doing. I'm not doing that." And then they just just like, "Hey, Pete, you want to come back? <laughs> We've got this big pile of cash here." <laughs> yeah, and I think even he regrets doing the like. There's a there's yeah. a there's a like video of him sitting on the set of the movie, just like, "Oh, you told me about this." Yeah. <sighs> 
I uh, I don't know what I'm doing. Enough people saw The Hobbit and said <laughs> the first one and said, "Ah, it's not very yeah. good." And I'm like, "Nope, I am staying away from these movies. They'll just right. make me mad." Yeah, be like, it'd be like watching a marathon of The Last Jedi over and over again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just make me mad. Um, oh, I really sound bitter when I'm talking about movies with you. I need to. <laughs> I like them. I like a lot of them. But um, anyway, it's a four days journey through Moria. Moria, which, wow. <laughs> and yeah. And the scene at the end, they get all the way through and you shall not pass. Yeah. Killed it with that scene. That's Even people awesome. that don't know Lord of the Rings know. Oh, know yeah. That. And Ian McKellen's acting in that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. That was good. That whole, yeah, that whole. The only only complaint I have about that I got, and it's the same complaint as later on. Okay, is uh, like they they do that trope where the good guys get surrounded, you know, like there's goblins and orcs all around them, and they're sitting there in a circle, and for some reason the orcs and goblins have stopped and and aren't just jumping on them and killing they them. Heard the Balrog? Not yet. Like they've surrounded oh, them yeah, and they're like it. snarling like, at them with, the, and it's like, oh, we got you now, and it's like, come on, uh, and then the Balrog shows up and they run yeah. away, like. Like, you should have made the chase stop before. That was, it's like an, I don't know. I thought that was dumb. And it's the same complaint. Like, you know the orcs aren't going to kill them there. That's not the way the fellowship ends, yeah. right? Uh, so it's just, and, and the, the second thing, like, really similar, I thought, like, stupid point in the first movie was at the very end when Frodo's paddling away in the boat. Yeah. And Sam's like, no, I'm coming with you. Or what? No, he says, of course you are. I'm, and I'm coming with you. Yeah. Um, and then he wades out into the water, and it's like this, like thirty second shot of him drowning. Yeah. And it's like, we all know he's not going to drown here. <laughs> like that's not the way Sam dies. Yeah, it, walking into the water, and it's this. I was actually yeah. listening to that part this morning, in the book. Yeah. Um, it goes like kind of differently. Mm-hmm. It's like he just kind of convinces Frodo to take him. Right. Frodo's just like, oh, I'm not going to be able to leave him behind. Yeah. Uh, and it's not nearly as dramatic as that part was. I thought, I thought that was dumb. Like, yeah. Like, it really is like a 30 second shot of Sam underwater looking up with his arms stretched up. And then finally, Frodo drags him into the boat. Yeah. And it's like, because I mean, at this point, every, every like, so-called wise person has told Frodo, you need to do this alone. Right. And Sam is actually the, the right person in the room. And is like, no, you need, right. Uh, you need me or someone. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah, no, I like, I like, I like the rest of the first movie. Yeah. It's that, that, those, there's a couple of shots. The only thing that they really messed up with the first movie is Galadriel, the lady of the wood. Yeah. Because they messed up the interaction between her and Gimli. Because in the books, she gives Gimli... Like, so in the books, Gimli doesn't trust elves. Right. And he slowly and, becomes and friends with and, Legolas. Yeah. And he meets her, and she's beautiful and powerful, and, and, and he realizes she's good. And he says... And she offers all of them gifts, and he says, I would like uh, three pieces of your hair. That's in the extended edition. It is in the extended edition, yeah. Yeah. Um, but Gimli like just almost falls madly in love with her. Yeah. Uh, basically. Um, and that's like a catalyst for like his transformation where he starts to to trust elves and where he starts to 
uh, defend them and where he kind of becomes part of the fellowship, I thought. It's, and it's, yeah, it's, it's, really, it's really the beginning of his friendship with Legolas. Yeah, yeah. And they leave that out. And I thought, yeah. that seemed like a simple thing to include. Um, and, and it's part of something really important later that happens in the second movie or the second book. Yeah. Um, second book and movie. Second mm-hmm. book and movie. Are we done with the first one? Can we move pretty on? Pretty much, to the yeah. One? We've we've pretty much described right. what happened in that movie. So let me let me share with you. The, share with me. Let me share with you. He's like my central complaint. About, I want to share with the audience that Derek has bought brought all three books with him, and there's dog-eared pages. I just I just wanted to get it right. Okay, I just yeah, wanted they, to. Hey, you know. So and and I I rewatched. I didn't get to rewatch all the movies because I'm. It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, I, I, it took me three weeks. Yeah. So, and that was several months ago. That's why I was watching YouTube videos this afternoon. I kept wanting to, but I did watch this clip on YouTube. So, right at the beginning of the second movie, mm-hmm. uh, Aragorn, Legolas, Gimli go running off after the orcs that have captured Merry and Pippin. Right. And they get all the way into Rohan, and they meet Aomer, who... Okay, so in the movies... I'm just going to set this up. I'm going to retell it. In the movies... <laughs> Go for it. In the movies, they meet Aomer. He's at the head of all of his horsemen, and they surround... The horsemen surround Legolas and Gimli and Aragorn, and, and they point their spears at him, and they say, what are you doing in Rohan? Which is pretty much what happens in the book, too. And uh, and then Gimli and Aomer get mad at each other because Aomer uh, says, uh, who are you? And Gimli says, give me your name, horseman, and I'll tell you mine. Um, and then they just draw swords and are about to kill each other. So in the book, that happens, and they're much more friendly. Aomer's like, who are you and what are you doing here? Yeah. Um, but he says, they say, oh, we've come from this land, and we passed through Lothlorien. And Aomer says, You've, you encountered the Witch of the Wood, and you're still alive? And that's what makes Gimli mad. Okay. So he insults Galadriel, and, and Gimli's like, don't talk about what you don't know. And uh, and says, or I'm going to teach you some manners, right. basically. Yeah. Um, and Aomer is no sarcastic, says, you're in my land, I've got you surrounded by horsemen. And that's when uh, Legolas comes to his defense and says, you'd be dead before you drew your sword. Okay. You know, like So like they have like a real disagreement instead of just we're pissed off at each other for some reason. Yeah, that is better than how it goes down in the Way in the- better. And then it continues, though. Like So in the book, Aomer says, well, I'm under orders to arrest anybody who's trespassing in our land. Okay. I need to figure out who you are. And at this point in the movie, he's already been kicked out of Rohan by Wormtongue. Right. In this, yeah, he's already banished. He's not in the books. In the books, he's out patrolling, and they've slaughtered the orcs, and so they go through the, well, were there hobbits among them? He says, I didn't see any. Right. Um, and he says, listen, you're not supposed to be here. I've got to take you in. And Aragorn says, we've got to go look for our friends. And if you don't let us, there'll be three. It'll be three on a hundred, but there'll definitely be fewer of you. And mm. so Aemir has this like really interesting choice to make: like, do I fight these guys who are obviously good, like chasing orcs, and they've just run like a hundred miles, not that much, but. Um, and so Aemir has this really conflicted account of like, how do I deal with these strangers I found? Yeah. Um, and what do I do with him? And Aragorn reveals himself to Aomer. And, he, you know, he's like, how could you look at what you've done? You're a man, a dwarf, and an elf. And you've run a, a, this huge distance chasing hobbits that I've never heard of. Uh, what a strange time to be alive. 
And so Aragorn says who he is. He says, I'm the king returned. He pulls out his sword. And, and says, see, Aragorn doesn't even mention his, no. his kinghood at all in the movie. So, it's like he's like yeah. running away from it. Yeah. Seems like his character in the movies. So he shows up and, and Aomer, Aomer says, finally says, okay, I'm going to let you go. More than that, I'm going to give you horses, which are the prized possession of the Rohan. They're horses. Yeah. That's the reason they're fighting Sauron. Or excuse me, Saruman. Saruman wanted to get their horses buy them and they said no these are our prized possessions we're not selling you to do evil things with them so aomer gives him horses and sends them on his way and says now i'm probably going to get in trouble for this so i need you to bring these horses back to the king i'll say and that's yeah. how he gets in trouble in the books is he goes back and Wormtongue says how dare you not bring those guys back with you throw them in jail oh they just condensed that whole so thing th down and and they made aomer into this person who's just you know he's just this grumpy guy who says fine here's some horses instead of having this like really character building moment where he encounters this guy who says okay. i'm the king returned let's fight the bad guys yeah because in the in the extended edition the first time we're introduced to him is like after a battle he's had yeah. um fighting with the king's son yeah and the king's son ends up injured and then he dies on the way back to rohan yeah, that's right. And um, then, you know, Wormtongue convinces the king to banish him, and that's when we pick him pick up with him when he meets yeah. Aragon in the Fellowship or so half they, the Fellowship. So they gave him that backstory, but not, yeah, not this like the introduction because he does give the them horses. Yeah, it's but it's, it was in recompense for thinking he had killed their yeah. Hobbit friends. The, it's such a better interaction with like. Yeah. I, with like real characters and i'm i kept thinking why do that so like they made aomer into you know kind of a wimp too like yeah he's this guy who makes this really difficult decision and it's like and in the books or in the movies he's just like the grumpy dude on the horse who lets him go yeah with no like there's no huh that for me so like when you read the books or when i read the books as a teenager like, that's the great inspiring part of this story is you've got Rohan and you've got Gondor and they're defending against the darkness and they're out of hope. And Aragorn comes in and says, hey, I'm the king who's going to save us. And they've got to decide, is this guy telling the truth? Do right. we fight with him? And it's the same thing with, uh, so like, second movie still. They go to um, Theoden, king of Rohan. Yeah. And in the movies, Gandalf walks in and says, oh, you're obviously bewitched. Bing! And Theoden transforms. In the books, he goes in and he convinces Theoden that there's still hope. So Wormtongue wasn't like bewitching him, casting a spell on him like that. Wormtongue was just saying, listen, it's the end of the world. Like, what are you going to do? We just got to sit here and ride it out. And Gandalf comes in and says, no, hey, look, there's still hope. We can still fight. Come outside with me and look over your kingdom. Here's your sword. And Theoden goes, hey, you're right. Maybe we can win. See, I like the idea in the movie. Because in the movie, I got the sense that Wormtongue was was always his advisor. And, right. And then got um, hooked up with Saruman. Saruman promised him something. That's true. To manipulate him into being yeah. possessed. That's still in the books. That Wormtongue was, okay. manip was manipulated by Sauron. See, that was just what I made up in my head. That's yeah. that's what I had always thought. That's what I, I mean. The, they just kind of inferred that in the movie. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. I but think. going back to, uh, I mentioned um, Viggo Mortensen took a beating in this movie, right? Um, going back to the fight with the Urukai, there was a um, 
one of the, the, the main Urukai threw a knife at him in the movie. Oh, I've heard of this. And he wasn't supposed to throw it directly because it was a real knife. It was a real knife. It was. And there's a scene where, where he Vigo, hits it like, with the sword, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was just instinct while they were that shooting was real. the movie. Yes. And they kept that in the movie. That's pretty awesome. In this movie, in in um, the Two Towers, uh-huh. there's you know the famous moment where he kicks that helmet after in grief. He broke oh, his, yeah. he broke his toe. Yeah, <laughs> and that's a real scream <laughs> when he breaks his. That that Holy the cow. the scene in the movie is him is the shot of him breaking his toe, and that scream is real. <laughs> ah. Um, Orlando Bloom plays Legolas cracked a rib during that running scene. Really? The guy who plays Gimli dislocated his knee. <laughs> During the running scene? Yes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty impressive. Because, uh, you know, they spent like two years shooting these, because they shot all three of these movies back to back. That's still pretty quick for two years, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, to shoot that much And film? even like after the movie's released, they were still picking up shots. Wow. And yeah, that's right. A lot of the Andy Serkis stuff was done on like, the, the scenes by himself were done on like a soundstage in yeah. LA, I think. Yeah, he did. Gollum is another good strength of the movie. They did Gollum really well. Yeah, he's uh, he's creepy. It was the first time a CGI character fully interacted. That's right. In a scene with two live people, and doesn't look like like it's just amazing how much better Gollum looks than like Jar Jar Binks. You yes. Know? Yeah. Like as a CGI character, uh, I mean, you can tell he's CGI, especially years later. Yeah. But. It's it's totally but you can suspend your disbelief. Like maybe. Star Wars, they had to found an original mm. VFX studio to create Gollum. That's wild. I didn't know that. I knew that yeah. about Star Wars. I didn't know that about yeah. Lord of the Rings. Like Peter Jackson founded Weta Digital, and it's still going doing other projects. Yeah, that's still <laughs> like, and that's how they started. With they Gollum. they did work on uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League in most recent memory. Huh. They did, you know, stuff on the Hobbit movie. They did thousand. They've they've been huh. done a lot. <laughs> That's pretty wild. Isn't it? <laughs> but it's like a division of a of a company that was already founded that was working on this movie called Weta Workshop. Uh, and this was like during the real transition of like digital stuff, like digital filmmaking versus film, and just different way to do things. It's really like I think the Lord of the Rings came along right at the time when they could make the movie. Yeah, like it couldn't have been made right any earlier, really. Yeah, because you just you needed all the CGI and you needed all the the ability to. Which a lot of this, a lot of these movies are practical. That's true. A lot of the orcs you can tell. Like Hobbiton is still in New Zealand today, and a lot of the um, like you can go visit it. And a lot of the scene, like the the special effects where they make the Hobbit shorter, yeah, is just practical special. It's effects. just force force perspective. Yeah, um, yeah. Really, Gollum is is one of the. F- I guess a lot of the ring wraiths that, flying around as, and as, the dragons. It, and Gollum is probably the most intensive. Yeah, like if you want to get something right, you get that right. Yeah, yeah, they have to. Yeah, you're spending a lot of time with that character. Yeah, especially in the third movie. Yeah. Um, well, a lot in the second movie too, yeah. But yeah, this this movie we finally get our real introduction of Gollum. Like we yeah. see what kind of character he is and I don't know if they do that this in the book, but no, in the first book we really get his backstory. Yeah, we hear but we don't get to see him as a character. No. Gandalf just tells his backstory and Gandalf 
And I don't know if they really know it's Gollum following them in Moria in the books. Was I think it? it is. I think Did he they know? knows. I think he knows because that's how he starts telling them. Because okay. I think in the book, while they're in the minds of Moria, he starts telling Frodo oh, the, yeah. the story of Gollum and how the ring corrupt, corrupted him. Okay, yeah. You could be right about that. Because Gollum is the reason that the Ringwraith showed up in Hobbiton looking for... That's right. They captured him. Frodo. And he told them, mm-hmm. Bilbo took it from me. And they go looking for mm-hmm. uh, Baggins. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, second movie still. I'll tell you my other complaint. I, I see you. you you've, I, you're you're so, in the book. I'm in the book. So that was one complaint. Aomer okay. doesn't have this character development that he really needs. And this one is not my favorite of the trilogy. The so. second bo- the second movie is the worst. Yes. By far. Hands down. However. Still good. Battle of Helm's Deep. Wow. Battle but of Helm's we'll Deep. we'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get to that. So but before Helm's Deep, Merry and Pippin meet Treebeard. Yeah. Okay. I don't like Treebeard. That's because it's because they ruined him, man. It's because they ruined him. I mean, I haven't got to him in the book yet. Yeah. So. In the book, the Ents are trees and they're slow moving and slow talking. Like, so in the book, Merry and Pippin meet Treebeard and he takes him in and they tell him what's going on. He's like, oh yeah, I've noticed the orcs cutting down my trees Mm. and I'm really mad about it. And they say, listen, it's serious. We need to go stop it. And so he calls a meeting of the Ents and for three days they talk. (laughs) Like the Ents... Meet in a circle for three days. Oh my god! At the end of the first day, <laughs> at the end of the first day, he comes back and he says, "Good news, we finally agreed that you're not orcs. Yeah, uh, you're hobbits." In the, in the book, it's like in the course of a night. Or yeah, whatever. and we've come up with a name for you and a place in yeah. the etymology of where you fall. But so at the very end, like of those three days, and Mary and Pippin are worried that what if he doesn't decide to fight? Uh, Treebeard comes back. With marching at the head of the Ents, singing a song. I won't read you the whole song. But the song is, to Isengard, with doom we come, with doom we come. Uh, like, they've made up their minds. They're going to war. And I think he says something like that in the yeah. in the movie, but it's not a song. Yeah, but it's, so in the, it's, in the books, it's this long deliberation where yeah. these beings have to decide, are we going to go fight? We've never done this before. Right. And then in the movies, it's just Mary and Pippin tricking, trick him into walking in the wrong direction. Yeah. Remember this? And he comes out of the forest and he Ooh, says, how dare they? And then he does the exact opposite of what Ince can do. <laughs> he makes a hasty decision and says, hey, and, and suddenly all of the Ince for some reason are at the edge of the forest and just come piling out. Uh, like, I have no idea why Peter Jackson thought this was a better version. Like, it's not shorter. Uh, it's not I, like I, why in the world didn't they make their decision like they do in the books? It still bothers me. I, and maybe it's a little thing. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I'm just being stupid about it. But uh, I saw that in the second movie, and I I, I hated it. Um, what one thing I do love is because this movie it starts with a different perspective on Gandalf's fight with Balrog. Oh, and that's good. And it's so good. The fall, falling and fighting. I don't know where he oh. fell to, where they're fighting at. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's in some kind of limbo kind of it's, situation. Yeah, they're like falling through the earth. It's not he really describes explained. it in the book. He tells yeah. he tells the story too. Um, but you're right. That was awesome. And then on the, they're on the top of the mountain yeah. too. Fight like that's ah, just 
it's just cool. And the idea that that levels up, that basically levels up. <laughs> that's a good way to say it. That, that's what I realized <laughs> watching these movies is RPGs are based on this book. Pretty much all fantasy and magic from here on out yeah. was based on this book. Because there's a lot of going to a village. Yep. We've got to accomplish this. Because, ta- like, everyone gets sidetracked in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, Aragorn and them get sidetracked into a, an entire war. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. Though, not as much as that. I mean, in the... Really, he's been waiting around this whole time. Yeah. Looking for when it's right to come back and reclaim the throne. Cable's getting in the way. Yeah. <laughs> I just wondering what happened there. Um, but, yeah, I, I forgot what I was talking about. Oh, Ar- yeah. Aragorn getting distracted by war. Yeah, he he, he was really kind of waiting around. Like yeah. He's been carrying around his busted sword, waiting for the time to reforge it. Because he uh, shows up at Rivendell, and they're like, it's time. Is it is it in this one or the next one? He's trying to convince somebody's trying to convince a king to call for aid. Oh, that's in the third. That, that's Gandalf with yeah. the steward of Gondor. Yeah, with the steward of Gondor. Yeah, that's a. Uh, yeah, that's that's a good part too. But the king, the king of Rohan is like, why should you know why? Where, yeah, where's you know Gondor has never come to us. Right. That's then that's I I like that like mm-hmm. that politics of like how do we should we join up and having to be talked into it that that's well what's, done. What I've never really I, and what I've just kind of inferred and guessed is that Gondor is the main yeah kingdom of Middle Earth yeah like basically everybody else just kind of follows what they do yeah they they're the big dog if there's anybody that rules Middle Earth it's the king of Gondor. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like everybody's scattered, and but they, they yeah. were imagine like the, they were, the Roman Empire before it was split, and now everybody's kind of split mm-hmm. up. But that's what they used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's the, that's accurate. So now we're at Helm's Deep, right? Gandalf says, "Does a, does a duh, duh, what do you call that?" Um, uh, not a seance. Uh, um, <laughs> the, uh, exorcism. Ex- exorcism. <laughs> and knocks Sauron yeah. out of King Theoden. And kicks Wormtongue down the stairs. I love that part. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That theme of, of mercy again. Of, that's true. Theoden, he lets him go. Theoden runs out there to just chop that dude. Yeah. And he's like, enough, look, enough people died because of him. Let's... That's true. And that's good. And I he like He runs that back part. to Sauron. Then they go away to the mountains to hide. Yeah, and then Theoden is super suspicious of Gandalf because there's a there's a real subtle shot of Gandalf telling him something and putting his hand on the throne, and Theoden's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> "I forgot about that." Part. No, because yeah. <laughs> he's like, I mean, he doesn't really want. Does he want to go to Helm's or? Somebody doesn't want him to go to Helm's Deep. Like, yeah, I forgot why he was waffling in that decision. I, th- I yeah, I can't remember. But anyway, the whole they, they pack up the entire kingdom and they all move to this fortress in the mountains. Right. And in the books, Aemer's with them then, because in the books, Aemer's been in, locked away. Really? Yeah. He, the, so Aemer, after giving 
the horses away, goes back, and Wormtongue says, how dare he give our horses away to these strangers and not capture them? And so they Instead go Instead of having his heroic yeah. entrance. Yeah, which that's a that's a pretty good change in the movies, too, I think, is to let Aomer be the one that rescues them. At the In the books, it's just some random guy. And basically, Gandalf being the, what does he call him, the wielder of the flame of oh, yeah. Arnur is basically the power of the sun? Yeah. <laughs> it's because he has the third ring, you know. No. Yeah, Gandalf. I really? Spoiled Gandalf has one of the three rings of the elves. Did not know that. Yeah. They did not show... That's not in the Didn't movie that, at all. Is it not? No. I thought that was... It's definitely in so the So Gandalf books. has one of the rings of yeah, power. Yeah, Gandalf has one of the rings of power. That's the flame of... So I think to- that's on it. On top of being a on wizard. On top of being a wizard. Which he doesn't do a lot of magic. Not times. To be a wizard. That That's true. Seems like wizards in this universe are just like advisors. And they're kind of like their magic is kind of like subtle. throw each other across the room. Yeah, like um, in the Hobbit, there's scenes where he confronts the necromancer, which turns out to be Sauron. Yeah, which is totally isn't how stupid in, that in the movie book. is. But <laughs> just say it's Sauron. Why has it got to be the oh, necromancer? Yeah. That is, yeah. He he has this huge white bubble that he can summon and yeah. keep darkness out. But it's. Sounds dumb. And that, that didn't happen in the books, except like off screen. And you know that I'm wizard, that wizard that. fight he has with Saruman in the previous. You know they just that was pretty good. Throw though, each I other thought. across the room. Yeah, but I'm you know. In the books, that's always like real subtle. Like they just stare at each other, and then Doctor one of Strange them... can split himself into. <laughs> you want something different... like that? Yeah, yeah. If I want a, wiz- a wizard duel, give me yeah, a wizard duel, yeah. man. That's true. Yeah, he does. You you kind of want more fireballs and stuff. Yeah, like even Harry bolts. Potter throws some. That's true. Now, in the in the battle of uh, before Minas Tirith, he does like he's like shining the light at the Nazgul. Yeah, and, like, like he comes so, riding in. And yeah, he, yeah. So there's that. There's but, that happens. I mean, he he has magic. Yeah, he doesn't whip it out all the time. No, he doesn't. He's not like blowing stuff up. No, like, so we're in Helm's Deep, <laughs> and Helm's the Battle of Helm's Deep is awesome. Yes, in the books and the movie. Any exterior shot is a is a miniature. Like when it explodes, they made a miniature. That's like a that. miniature. That's awesome. Yeah, and they made that. It's. I mean, it looks cool because yeah. I always remember reading the books, kind of being hard to visualize the way Helm's Deep is this fortress built into the mountain. Basically, and then they make and it basically look great. the way they make it in the movie is like this. Yeah, thing that comes up and it's like surrounded by mountains. And yeah, it's really difficult to get to. Right. And it's never been broken. But somehow the orcs just walk up to it. I mean, you know, eh, you can forgive a lot of stuff. but <laughs> <laughs> That battle, though, with like the ladders going up yeah. and stuff. Oh, that's, that's and the cool. amount and the way that the orcs, when they're coming up that um, pass that, that leads up, you know, they've got the shields out. Yeah. They're just like, they're just willing to sacrifice the guys oh, on know. the edge. I'm yeah. like, jeez. The only, the only complaint I have about Helm's Deep in the movies is I don't know why the elves are there. In the books. They don't show up? No. I'm, oh. it, I'm telling you, though, it's because Peter Jackson doesn't think the men can be heroes. Like, there's no... It's kind of like that in The Hobbit, in the Battle yeah. of the Five Armies. Yeah, he doesn't think men can be heroes for some reason. And, like, that's... Helm's Deep is the first time in the books where the men are the heroes, pretty much. Yeah, like, like Theoden becomes, like, this... He decides, I'm going to fight, and Aomer is yeah. there fighting with Aragorn. Oh, that's a great... Those are great scenes in the books. Like Aomer yeah. and Aragorn get out there and are just, 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 you know, wielding their swords well, with impunity. See, now I'm looking forward to this part of the book. Oh, it's fantastic. It, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien had a fantastic ability to describe battles, mm-hmm. the ebb and flow of them, and 
just really because the well. Battle of the Helms Deep in the movie is kind of the the standard for how you it's, shoot a battle nowadays. Yeah, it's awesome, and it's great in the books. Like they, like I, I didn't, I wasn't aside from the elves showing up, like and and the random elf shows up and then dies, and it's supposed to be like this really tragic thing, and you don't know who he is, like. What's, I don't even remember his name, right? Yeah. Like he shows up and then he dies, and I, I forget. Yeah, it does. Aragorn it does or Legolas make, is like what? It does make Legolas seem less special if all these other elves keep showing up. Yeah, and but if they're that tactically good, why wouldn't? And they're willing to help. Why he wouldn't you way bring them overhype in? that? Like <laughs> Legolas is like Superman <laughs> in these is. movies. Yeah. Like he's supposed to be good, but not like. Dude, there's a scene. I know we. Get, I keep going back to the Hobbit, but it's so ridiculous. <laughs> it's basically a cartoon. <laughs> there's a scene in the Battle of the Five Armies, which Legolas was never in. Right. <laughs> he there, could have been. There's this collapsing but... bridge. He's fighting. Um, Oh, what's the main the the white orc in that movie? I don't know because he doesn't exist in the books. He do- oh my gosh, dude. Yeah, <laughs> but I, anyway, he's fighting that guy. Terrible. And there's this descent. This this bridge blows up, and Legolas bounces from one loosely falling stone to another oh, to gosh. climb up. <laughs> you shouldn't even tell me stuff like this. I don't, like. Makes me angry. <laughs> I'd be angry really, watching it. I'm irrationally but, upset about this. Spoiler alert: the the the, the Rohan wins the battle of. Oh Helmsby. yeah, and the 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 they they did a pretty decent job with the competition between Gimli and Legolas. That's yeah. that's one of my favorite parts mm-hmm. in the book. Um, but now we move on to Frodo and Sam and Ed Frodo Gong. and Sam. Um, they get snatched up by um, Boromir's brother Faramir. And oh, I'm so mad about this. So in the book. You have mentioned several times Faramir is one of your favorite characters. In the book. Yeah. That is like the ray of hope in in Sam and Frodo's journey. Like they've been struggling. And in the movie, he seems like real suspicious of them. And, and in the, yeah. In the book, they run into him and he captures them and is obviously suspicious. Like, who are you? I've never seen anything like you. But he takes him in and Sam lets it slip that Frodo has the ring. Oh, so it, they're talking, and, and Sam lets it slip. Mm-hmm. And Faramir like, likes, and then they're really worried. Like, there's this moment, oh, he knows. And they know he's Bormir's brother, and they know what Bormir tried to do. Yeah. And they're like, and and Faramir knows what it is and that it could save Gondor. And so he's got the same motivation as Boromir, like, you know, Boromir 2.0. Yeah. And Faramir, like, stands up, and they look at him, and they're terrified, and he says, I can't take it. He says... I said before that if I had found this thing on the side of the road, I would not take it, even though it would save Gondor. Uh, I'm not going to take it. Wow! And so he's this great like hero to to have in front of him two little and hobbits, try, and he tries to take the ring. Yeah, in the movie. and in the movie, for some reason, he's the exact opposite. He's like, "Oh, you've got the ring," and he's holding him at sword point, and now, he says, "It's going to Gondor with me." And then it, they take it halfway, and then Sam has this great speech where he's like, they're still good in the world, Mr. Frodo. Um, which, okay, it's all right. but And then that, for some reason, changes Faramir's mind. And a, a detail, like, to, to, to pause from that for a minute. Right. Um, there is a, a mental and a physical weight of this ring that yes. we see throughout the movie. And they did a pretty when good it, job with When that. it's first introduced and, and, and Bilbo drops it, he just tilts his hand. Yeah, and it slides and it just thuds on the ground. Right, like it doesn't even. And throughout the movie, you can see you can see 
The right. lines of the necklace are That's digging right. in the Frodo's skin. Right. It's heavy. Yeah. And that shows up in that scene yeah. where Faramir is going to take it from Which them. The the guy pointed out that out of the video I was watching when you showed up. Uh huh. He says, um, that the reason that's the reason why you know Sauron basically doesn't even have any defenses to the entrance of Mount Doom is because he figures that whoever gets the ring is going to be so corrupted that it's the, the I mean the power of the ring it's so powerful that right. no, it, it's going to corrupt completely corrupt the person by the time right. they get there and it and it eventually does yeah and it do, yeah. Frodo is amazingly strong that he doesn't corrupt yeah. sooner, be corrupted yeah. sooner. Um, but back to Faramir. So, yeah. Is he hated by his father as he is in No. Movie? Okay. And he's not. So that and he's whole not, conflict was created for the movie. And he's not so, like, self-conscious that his father loved Boromir more. Like, he mentions. Oh, man, I wish. Because him and. You can tell him and Boromir, like, love each other. Yeah. He mentions. I wish I could. I'm I'm not gonna be able to find it, but like he mentions how when Boromir set off to 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 go to Elrond's mm-hmm. house, that Boromir left because he was the strongest and the bravest, and he says, and that's true. So like he doesn't have this inferiority inferiority complex that he has in the movies, and wow. his father doesn't hate him like he does in the movies. In the movies, he's defending Osgiliath heroically, and it falls, and he's retreating back. There's none of this. Oh, his father decides to go send him to his death. Nonsense. Yeah, because that's that's what happens in third yeah. movies. Like go go if you were like your brother, you'd go defend us. It's just Why'd they do that. I don't know. It just drives me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you would do that. I guess they felt they needed some kind of conflict with that <sighs> character. He doesn't. He yeah, like Faramir is this really heroic character mm-hmm. who lets him go, like yeah. saves him, uh, gives them food and staffs and yeah. sends them on their way. And Because uh, he even tries to kill Gollum. That, and that happens in the books too. And and Frodo's the it's one like, who he's, says, He's no. our god. Yeah. So it's such, he's such a, a better character than mm-hmm. this. Uh, the whole time he's on screen in the movies, I, it's just like cringeworthy. Like, uh, why? Um, I I just you know and it's a little thing but again it's like Peter Jackson could not let men be heroes in his movies like Aomer is this heroic character who makes this difficult choice Faramir is this heroic character who resists temptation Uh Um, and in the movies they're both these defeated kind of grumpy kind of dark characters for some reason this is like the first time where I'm like I guess that's the reason why it's just not my favorite of the trilogy yeah it's I don't know what and I don't know why I did it. I would love to sit down with Peter Jackson or whoever wrote that part. Maybe it wasn't. I him. think Peter Jackson. I think he did help write these. Movies. I'd like to buy him a beer and say, "Tell me what why, you have. Why you did that? Why Faramir? do you hate me? <laughs> <laughs> why do you hate Faramir? I think he was trying to go with for because even in the the opening um, uh, exposition of the first movie. Mm-hmm. It's like nine were gifted to men who, above all, all else, craved power. Which is not the way. It so goes I kind of, I kind of feel like yeah. Peter Jackson was trying to get across the the idea that, I mean, hum, we're just imperfect, right? And we're not the, right? I guess the saviors of. Yeah. No, that's true. They got to be. And it's trying to get across the idea that Frodo. Sam is the real hero. Sam is the real hero. I agree with that. <laughs> Sam is the real Sam hero. Sam kept Frodo going. Yeah. Sam, Sam is awesome. 
Yeah, that's basically their story is they get captured by Faramir. They go in um, um, to Asgiliath. Asgiliath, and then... And then he decides to Faramir let lets him go, and then they yeah. they get in... Is it in this movie where, like, they do they get into... F- I can't remember, Mordor? honestly. Mordor? I think they the end of this movie is them, like, going into Mordor. Does Sam fight the spider? No, and that's that's in the third that's movie. That's in the third movie? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um... Yeah, this like the the last part of this movie is them like just starting to get into Mordor. Yeah, because it it we we get to that scene after they they see um where the Nazgul come from. Maybe Minas Morgul. Minas Morgul. Morgul. Yeah. Um, while they're camping on the mountain, Gollum tries to does some manipulation with. He takes oh, the Lambeth yeah. bread and throws it over the side and puts some crumbs on Sam's shoulder. And That's dumb, too. That didn't happen in the book, either. I figured. That's dumb. <laughs> as soon as I was described, <laughs> I was like, this doesn't <laughs> seem like something that happened no, in the book. No, Frodo would never, like, choose Gollum over Sam. Like, the yeah. whole book, Sam is saying, we should kill Gollum, and Frodo's saying, Well, yeah, no. that, that, that's how he is in this movie. Yeah. In these like, movies, he's but, like, And there's a, there's a pretty good moment where um, Sam's like, we should just be rid of him. And then, just, like, Frodo snaps at him. He's like, what do you know of it? Which is which is so it's fair. I think it's it's a good idea of showing that Frodo still has some empathy for Gollum because he's carrying because he kind of knows what Gollum went yeah. through and he's experiencing kind of yeah. what Gollum went through. Frodo had the ring for like twenty years supposedly, and uh, Gollum yeah. had it for hundreds, thousand, almost thousands. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, to Frodo knows yeah what it feels like, but. Um, Something else that was, it's brought up in the extended edition, but it's not given any explanation, I feel like. Uh-huh. Aragorn's 80 years old. So, he comes from the race of the Numenorians. Yeah. Who were like some of the high men in the past. They were, he, and some of them had married the elves. So, was his, was Asiliador one of these people? Yeah, Asildor was one of I think I somebody who remembers this better than I could is probably like listening at your podcast and yelling at me. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, the, a lot of those people that get mentioned, like a Lind, not a Lind, because there's a, Sildor. a there's a conversation between him and her, and he's talking about how he went into battle with the King of Rohan at one point. Yeah, and she said that her father told her stories about Aragorn, yeah. and she's like, "You can't be." Yeah. No, 50 years old or whatever. The Numenorians had married some of the, like some of their Elves ancestors. and got a little bit of and immortality so, thrown in. Yeah, they they were long-lived. Mm-hmm. Um, now, is he is he in love with, with Elrond's daughter in the book? Uh, Eowyn, right? Yeah. yeah. N- no. Uh-huh. She's, she's in love with him. Gotcha. So she sees him and says, look, here's a real king. and um, But they do end up married at the end. In the end, she marries Faramir. Yeah. The wait, Elrond's daughter, the elf. Oh, sorry. That's who I was talking about. You're talking. Yeah, I was thinking Theo. Because uh, that, that, I mean, in the extended edition, they show like a a look between Faramir and the King of Rohan's daughter. Yeah, they get married in the book. Um, Yeah, because she to jump ahead. So she's the one who kills the Nazgul. Right. That's a plus. I am no man. Oh, that's that's a beautiful scene. They did that well. Ah, it's perfect. Um, Instead of what Marvel did with just. Let's just have all the women in one shot. Oh yeah, that was dumb. Um, <laughs> but 
It's okay, but it's yeah. pretty dumb. But so, like, you know, she stabs him and it hurts her. And Faramir had been hurt in the retreat from Osgiliath. Yeah. And so they fall in love together. And it's a really weird chapter. Like, in the middle of Return of the King, there's like a whole chapter where those two are recovering from yeah. their wounds and falling in love. And then we get back to Mount Doom and <laughs> stuff like that. Um, but no, in the, yeah, so Ar- Arwen is the elf, Theo, uh, Elrond's daughter. I can't keep the name yeah. straight. Yeah, they do fall in love. Okay. But she's like... Because she, she'll lose her immortality. Yeah. She, That's is, not... Is it just marry the king or just do the deed with the king? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Tolkien special. I'm pretty sure... I would assume it's do the deed with the king. I'm pretty sure she doesn't lose her immortality. Well, that's what, you know, that's Elrond's thing is why he doesn't want her, in the, at least in the movie, he doesn't want her to get with the king because she'll lose her immortality. In the Silmarillion. Well, or is it just, no, he he was he's like, he's, oh, you know, you're going to watch him die, basically. Yeah, I, maybe. I don't know. In the Silmarillion, the elves who marry the men don't lose their immortality. Okay. Pretty sure I'm right about this, okay. but, um, but yeah, in the, in the book, she just kind of shows up at the end and. Mary, like there's not very much there's not much with her of in that the, in the yeah. yeah but and i thought they did a good job kind of making elrond and her have that conversation and like like i thought that was a good addition i thought mm-hmm. um because in the i mean in the movie at least in the extended edition it's like it's just like oh yeah i'm 80 <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah. yeah it doesn't doesn't bother to explain where that came from or anything <laughs> Um, is, is that, that's basically the two towers, right? I mean, yeah. And we've gotten it, into it this. ends with Frodo and Sam without, cause they, you know, they've broken up with Gollum yeah. basically and they're, and, they're by themselves in Mordor. Yeah. And then the third mo- book slash movie, they have to fight Shelob the spider. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where this, where the movie starts is. Does it begin with that? Yeah, yeah. It's one of the first scenes, basically. That's terrifying in the movie. I remember they yeah. did a good job making her scared. No, no. Sam and, and Frodo have split up. Oh, that's right. And because Gollum tricks Frodo to yeah. go up this pass and into, and he, yeah. his plan is to get the ring from Frodo while he's caught up in the In the book, shelob. they're together still, but Gollum gets him into the tunnels mm-hmm. and then disappears. And so that's terrifying, too. And then he comes around and grabs Sam from behind and tries to kill him, uh, and Sam beats him up. But the the big conflict in this movie uh-huh. is these this army of orcs is coming to oh, Rohan. Yeah. It's the the big conflict. Is no, basically, to Minas Tirith. Min- Minas Tirith, however you say it. No, it's it's the Gondor. We're in Gondor now. You said Rohan. I did. Oh yeah. well. Gondor and Minas Tirith are the same. This, the city yeah. of Minas Tirith in the kingdom of Gondor. Right, right. Gotcha. Sorry. <laughs> and sorry. the the, the, the steward is. I don't crazy. know if he's starting to lose his mind like in the book. Or... You know why he's crazy? Why is he crazy? Why he's crazy? They left this out of the movie for some reason. For some reason, he's crazy because you remember uh, Pippin captured the Palantir. Mm-hmm. Denethor, the steward, mm-hmm. also has a Palantir. And he thinks he's strong enough. Oh, the the, the seeing, stone. all seeing stone. Yeah, all seeing eye. So Denethor thinks he's strong enough to use it, and so he's been using it for years. And Sauron is stronger than he is. So Sauron he looks in the seeing stone, and Sauron only shows him, "Look at my massive armies. Look what's going to happen to you. Here's the doom that's coming for you." And that makes him go mad. 
So he's mad with See, despair. We're in the movie, he just shits on Faramir all the time. Yeah, in the movie, he's mad because Faramir isn't good as good as he's Bonnet like, I wish I wished you had died instead of Boromir, basically, yeah. he tells him. Yeah, which is, yeah, again, dumb. So that's why he goes nuts. He says, the army's coming. I've seen it. Yeah. There's nothing for us to do but die, in, you know, and why not here and now instead? So he lights yeah. himself on fire um, and casts himself well, on well, the see, it, in the movie... The reason he casts himself on fire is because after he sends Faramir basically to his death to yeah. defend the whatever that right. is out in front of Minas Tirith, yeah, some city, Osgiliath, that's already abandoned and broken yeah. down. He thinks that he's dead, so he just brings him in on a pyre and pours oil all over himself. Yeah. and he's like, "My line has ended." Yeah, he's just nuts. I don't, he's just crazy for no reason. Yeah, I don't know why. Why not give him a reason to be crazy like he has in the books? And he's very, like, anti-no king. I am... Yeah. The, the throne of Gondor is mine. Yeah. Even though you still sit in the little chair and not in the big chair. Right. <laughs> um, no, that... And, and Faramir is such, like, a... Like, Faramir, when he lets Frodo go, he says, uh-huh. I, I don't love battle, but I love fighting for Gondor. And I love the hope that one day a king will come. Mm-hmm. So if like Faramir knows he's going to be a steward, not the king, and he's fighting and hoping that the king will mm-hmm. come. Like, I don't know. It's such a, I don't know. It's such a better thing. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's he won't call to he, Rohan for aid. That's dumb too. That doesn't happen in the books. Really? Jeez. I'm telling you, see, like why, <laughs> why make all these things? We like in the books, in the books, uh, like I, again, I've has to like talk him into it, but like, it's not this and big thing where like Pippin they, goes up and sneaks it. Yeah. That, in the, or in the Mary, movie, they, whichever they, one. Pippin's the one that has yeah. given, does he do that in the book? No, he doesn't have to climb the tower. Well, no, has he fire. given, he gives up his service to the steward. That happens okay. too. Okay. Well, yeah. there's at least that. Yeah. So he, but, he still like, does that. In the movie, they just basically climb, Pippin climbs up the thing and, and right. just lights it and, and it's a it's a great sequence though. That is one of my favorite. The music while lights, the fires are and going. And you're trying across. to look in the background and see which yeah. which on top of the mountain's gonna light up. Those though that is a fantastically good shot. Yeah. Um but I don't know why like that that's my continued yeah, complaint is, about like the movies. Peter it's, Jackson was just manufacturing conflict out of nowhere. And and erasing characters' motivations for doing the things that they do. Yeah. Like which is a big part of again the books like the reason like all these characters become heroes is because they yeah. make this choice to do something difficult in a difficult time. Yeah. And in Peter Jackson's version, they either do it by accident or, or, and even the ones that turn evil don't really have a good reason to turn evil. It's just weird to me. Um, like Denethor, like in the books, he has a good reason to go mad and lose hope. And in the movies, he's just, it's just because in the movie, the only seeing stone, yeah, is picked up when they go and um, they de- defeat Saruman, defeat Saruman, and then they go mm-hmm. and have a final conversation with Saruman. Now, yeah. in the theatrical version, he just is already dead um, when oh, they really? show up. Ah. In the extended edition, this is a great piece of trivia. Wormtongue stabs him in the back, and then he falls off the thing. That's right. I've seen the extended version. Though. And and Peter Jackson wanted um, Christopher was is it Christopher Lee. Oh, I've heard this story. Christopher yeah. Lee, he wanted him to make like, Argh! and he's like, "Oh no, that's not what happens when you stab somebody in the back." Right, because he knows. <laughs> 
I remember hearing this story. Because I've stabbed people in the back when I was in Royal... He was in World War II, right? Like, he was like special forces yeah. in World War II for the British Army. And he says, no, when you stab somebody no, in the back... No, when you stab them in the back, they're just quiet. Yeah. Sucks all the air out of their lungs. lungs. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I, that's a that's a great story. He's like, no, when you get stabbed in the back, you don't make a noise. That's not something you should know. <laughs> but basically, they have this like, oh, Salomon, you're defeated now. Mm-hmm. I think even Gandalf is like, come and join our fight against. And but he's still crazy. Yeah, yeah. And he falls down and gets landed on a spike. And yeah, for some reason, it's a. We skipped over that part, but the Ents destroying Oh, yeah, it just floods all of Isengard. That, that's that's a cool great. fight, too. Yeah. They did a good job with that. I mean, so there's a lot to love. There's a lot mm-hmm. of great scenes brought to life in the movies. It's my I guess my big complaint is the characters. The like, char- Yeah, the a lot of characterization. And... It's just weird choices made. Um, See, I've never, I haven't questioned any of these things as I've watched these movies. I know. And, and that's what... The movies are good. They're fine. Yeah. But you had these just but it great seems like, moments in the book. It seems like unnecessary manufactured yeah. conflict. Yeah. And there's some there's so Aomer and Aragorn fight at Helm's Deep, right? Mm-hmm. They fight together. Mm-hmm. And then when they're going to Gondor, they split up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Aragorn's going to go raise the army of the dead, and Aomer's going this way, and they 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 split up and. Uh, they're really good friends now. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'll see you in the fields in front of Minas Tirith. You know, I'll see you at the battle. Yeah, they don't have that in the movie. No, and then they, in the <laughs> books, you know, so they, they come in from different sides and they're fighting like crazy and they fight their way towards the middle and they, you know, grab hands and are like, hey, we made it. Uh, let's go kill some more orcs. <laughs> I guess it's great. Yeah, like, that would be a great moment. That was, it, it was awesome in but the books. one thing I do like yeah, that in the movie as opposed to the book this whole time, mm-hmm. Aragon has had the sword that cut Sauron's hand. Yeah, that's right, the shattered sword. Yeah. yeah. In the movie, he doesn't have it. Not until the very end. That's right. What was the the sword has a name, doesn't it? I've forgotten it. I it does. To, but all anyway, the swords have names. It's Theodore's son or sword. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and it's brought, and this is after they've answered the call to go help Gondor. Right. They're camping in the mountains. Right. Before they go off to war. Right. And Elrond shows up with the oh, sword. Oh, that's forged, right. And yeah. Like there is going to be a return of the king. Right. Because he's convincing <laughs> him to go get go into the mountains and get the dead army. Right. That's uh, yeah, that doesn't happen in, in the books. I think more of the rangers show up. Yeah, um, if I can remember right. But yeah, Elrond doesn't show up there. I'm saying yeah, like I know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and the books, uh, the movies make a good like. So in the in mm-hmm. the in the books after the uh, after they destroy the ring, mm-hmm. and pretty much everything happens in the third movie. Pretty much everything happens the way it does in the books. Yeah. Um, um, at this point, uh, Frodo has been captured by Shelob. Yeah, and Sam saves him. Sam saves him, and then the orcs pick him up, take him to the tower, and Sam then saves Sam him saves him again. <laughs> um, and that I liked that that whole fight where the orcs turn on each other. Like, yeah, that, I mean, because they're yeah, that's nice, greedy and corrupt, and then they trudge their way to Mount Doom, and yeah, uh, the oh the fight like that's some good CGI too, where. Uh, Frodo's trying to throw the ring in and Gollum's on him. And you've, so you've got Gollum mm-hmm. on Invisible Frodo. 
and then bites his finger off. Um, well, that's probably just as easy as like you can still have uh, Elijah Wood's motion. I guess so. And you just have to just... Just cut him out? Visually just cut him out. So that was probably the easiest part that he did. It looks like... I mean, but it looks realistic. Like, yeah. It looks like yeah. Gollum's on an invisible person. Yeah. Uh, like, that was... I, th- I thought that was really well done. And, but, the f- and they do a great job of, like, so Gollum's falling into the lava. Yeah. With the ring. And he's, but he's so happy because he, be. he has it. That's uh, Which is... I love that. That's that's mm-hmm. really well done, too. Yeah. Um, like he finally got his heart's desire. How do you feel about the the army of the dead in the? They were weirdly done in the movie. I thought like they're kind of like a wave. Ghosts. Yeah, that, and they just like they're more uh, like people in the. That's what I figured. Like, or at least they're in probably, my imagination, they're probably ghosts, but they're probably more. Yeah, like they move sh- like people. Yeah, they show up and they fight instead, instead of, of a like, hive of. Yeah, like yeah. I didn't that's like my that. that's the one thing I don't like about that is yeah. It's like they're just moving like a hive, yeah. of like bees or something. Yeah, yeah. I always thought it looked like a like a wave from the ocean, like a tidal yeah. wave, just kind of washing them away. Um, no, that was weird. That that whole battle, though, the only bad part of that battle in front of Minas Tirith is um, this the weird CGI shot where Legolas is like flinging around on the elephant and he gets up to the top of it. Yeah, that's that's the only wonky stuff. Yeah, the, the rest of that is awesome. Again, like it makes you know. But yeah, like, like Legolas, and even in the going back to the Battle of um, Helm's Deep, right? He slides slides down the stairs on on the a shield. shield. Like, that part, I was okay with that. Yeah, that's but, not like Superman. But that 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 thing where he after he kills the elephant and he just slides down the trunk. I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, if if one elf does this, all we need is like a couple dozen of these guys, yeah. and we can. We can win all the battles. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's dumb. But the idea that Sauron thinks that anybody who has the ring is going to ultimately be corrupted is kind of right. Right. He also doesn't... Like, he can't imagine them deciding to destroy it. Yeah, he, that's his other thing is, like, I can't imagine anyone... Right. He, he, in his mind, like, anyone Why would who you has throw away it all this is going to be so corrupted. Yeah, that, well, he thinks he thinks anybody would, who has my ring of power is going to use the power. Yeah. Why would you not take over the world or do whatever you want with it. So when you really think about it, Gollum's the hero of Middle Earth. Gollum is the hero. <laughs> Sam's the one, though, that Sam like, is, carries him up the mountain pretty much. It's like, I can't carry the ring for you, but I can carry you. Yeah. That's great. Sam. I'm like, this guy. This guy. <laughs> Jeez. Because, like, no. it's the... the Sean Astin and Elijah Wood do, Astin, that's his name. do a very good job of showing the exhaustion... Yeah. And just being yeah. done with it all. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like in it's very moment. despairing at the end of that. Because like, like where the, they are. Frodo's basically bleeding around his neck yeah. from the ring cutting into his skin. And their lips are like blistered and chapped. chapped. Oh, I like, remember that shot. Oh, that looks awful. Yeah. Because um, it just makes you feel like... Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. And after they save Middle Earth... There's like four freaking endings to this movie. That was a little much. I don't remember them all, but I remember being in the theater I, going. I guess you could Wait. say. I guess you could say one is the like with um the Aragon basically becoming king and and bowing to Frodo. Right. That's Middle Earth's ending. Right. The next one is the Hobbit's ending. Of the, right where the, they all kind of return home. Mm-hmm. 
and the third when they go on the boat right to wherever Valinor yeah. um, or the Grey Havens or yeah. wherever that is all cuz Gladriel's there I don't right. know if she's there in the book yeah so in the that's all the ring bearers yeah. that's their ending right cuz Frodo Frodo feel it feels like that Frodo can't just live in this world anymore no, after he's, he's he's gone through what he went yeah, through yeah he's a He's exhausted and overcome. Yeah. yeah. So that basically is like this book's heaven, I would guess. Yeah, that's where all the all the gods of Middle Earth live across the sea, and basically, you have to sail straight instead of sailing around the world. Mm. There's a road that goes straight. Um, is it on the map of Middle Earth? I it's... don't remember. I don't think so. But the elves know how to get there, oh, so they obviously. they sail and yeah. Because I think Gandalf goes... gets on that boat too. Gandalf goes with him. Yeah, because it's now done. the age of men, basically. The elves are yeah, going to all the be leaving, thing. and there's not really magic anymore. Men get the age, get an age at the end of this. Yeah, so. that's that's the transition. <laughs> yeah, we get, we get our age. I, um, I guess Peter Jackson was trying to convey that this was the time of elves. Yeah, and it's over. And it's over, and, and that's it's the time of men. That's what, that's Because men can be books. trusted again. Yeah, um, even though there were no heroes. <laughs> Aragorn is a hero through this whole what is, thing. What does he do, though, other than, like, kick butt and take names? That's what a hero does. No, but, like, a hero's <laughs> got to, like, overcome something. And he... He's overcome his reluctance to be king. That's true. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. He finally accepts, because it just seems like he does not yeah. really want it. He he has reverence for it. Right. Because the, the scene where he, he sees the sword in the, in the first movie. Right. And he's looking at it while it's right. broken right there. Um, he's like, eh, but I respect what this is. And... Yeah, that's fair. In the books, I feel like his struggle was not so much, do I want to be king, but will people accept me? Mm. Being and a, a lot of people are not, are like, right. we don't like, yeah. this guy just comes out of nowhere to be king? I don't think so. <laughs> and that's really kind of the story is him going and all the people saying, yeah. oh yeah, we'll join together. We'll... We'll let you lead us. Yeah. Um, there's another big part of the ending in the books. Not that I'm kind of getting stuck on this. Here's how it is in the books. Well, no, that's but, kind of, that's what this episode okay. is. Um, so in the books, the hobbits go back to Hobbiton, mm-hmm. and Saruman didn't die in the in the books. Really? In the books, Sarm, Gandalf lets Saruman go. He's like stripped of his power. He's not a wizard anymore. Gotcha. Um, but in the books, Saruman has gone to the Shire and taken over with Wormtongue. And... Mm. So with a bunch of evil men. And so the hobbits go back and uh, Mary and Pippin and Sam, not Frodo much, but they go back and they say, oh, these people have taken over our hometown. And Mary and Pippin and Sam show up and and drive them out, form an army of hobbits. And um, which is uh, I knew, you knew going in like that's not going to show up in the that's too much. Yeah. We just finished this. We don't need that. It's a weird kind of anticlimactic. There's no point in that. It's kind of interesting to see um, what happens there, but yeah, um, yeah, that was kind of a bizarre. I liked it though, but it's kind of yeah. You could tell that wasn't going to make it in the movies either. Well, I did not think when we started this episode that there was going to be a lot of stuff from the books where I'm like, yeah, that should have stayed in. There's a lot. Yeah. I'm, okay, I'm glad I convinced. I will you. admit that I have been convinced that. The Return of the King book sounds a lot better than the movie. I'm, I, <laughs> no, and not again, the Return of the King, the Two Towers book. The Two Towers is the big one. Okay. And again, the movies are okay. The yeah. movies are even good. But yeah. 
I don't know how you mess up something that I don't know how you take something that good and say, yeah. this will probably make it better if I do this instead. Yeah. Um, like you gotta, you gotta think these things through, Peter. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, that was our lengthy discussion. Sorry. No, I mean, I figured this was going to be the longest episode I've had. We're at an hour and 24 minutes right now. You can edit out some of my stuff. Yeah. That was the uh, end of our discussion of the Lord of the Rings trilogy to close out 2021. This is my last podcast of the year. Very nice. Derek, thanks for coming back. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for putting up with me Mm -hmm. complaining about... Peter Jackson. We'll have to find some other movie adaptation that (laughs) is taken from a book that you don't like. (laughs) Hopefully not. Then we need to find something I like. Or at least another such a grumpy. I I think Derek will be back for another episode. (laughs) We'll we'll come up with something. So, um, I would just ask if you uh, listen to this on Apple Podcasts that you leave a review, subscribe wherever you want to. I don't care where you listen to this at. Just subscribe, leave a review. Find us at uh, Second Take Movies on social media. And if you have a suggestion for an episode, you can send an email to secondtakemoviespod at gmail.com. And I will see y'all in the new year.